This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Marriage Therapy Radio. I am Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Today, we are excited to partner with one of our favorite uh, organizations, the Gottman Institute. Laura and I are both certified Gottman therapists, which means we are trained in a certain kind of therapeutic methodology that is based on about 40 years of research uh, for couples. And the Institute um, is really uh, doing something awesome. They have a special offer for you at the back end of the episode as we talk about really what's at the front end of the research specifically for toxic behaviors that are known to predict divorce. They're called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Stick around and don't forget to listen to the end for this special offer from the Gottman Institute. Thanks. You are in such a good mood today. I am in a good mood today. Um, it's just such a rare quality to see out of you. Oh, <laughs> uh, <thanks. laughs> just kidding. Oh, shucky. oh, shucky darns. I'm just kidding. What puts you in such a good mood? What are you I, excited for? You know what? I think that's a good question and I appreciate it. I don't know the answer. I think I'm, um, I think I'm coming down or coming up off of a little bit of a low cycle in my life mm-hmm. and, uh, it feels good. The, the sun is out, which we, has been for a while. Today's Thursday. Usually I don't work on Thursday. I sell clients today because I don't have to work tomorrow, which I usually do because I have a soccer tournament, soccer tournament weekend. Okay. I love, I love soccer tournament weekend. You're not playing in the soccer tournament. No, no, you're, no. you're supporting your daughter. Yeah, my kid. So awesome. And the lights are on in your office, which is like a change for you. Because yep. the last time I saw you, you had a hood on. I know. You had your sunglasses on I and know. the lights were off in your office. You know what? For people who have never listened to this podcast, can I just tell you that we are not in the same room? Let me just paint this picture for you. We're not in the you. same state. We're not even in the same state. So Zach and I we're not are not even in the same time each- zone. <laughs> Or the same, we were net, we weren't even born in the same decade. Um, So Zach is, I mentioned that because it was my birthday. Anyway, you didn't have to send me. No, it was uh, the 24th. So a couple days ago. Good. Um, So I didn't forget it. I just didn't know it or care about it. Exactly. Which is what I would expect from you. Yeah. Uh, Zach's in Washington and he's in his office where he sees clients because he's a couples therapist, certified Gottman therapist. And then I'm in Salt Lake and, and I, I'm in my office and I'm also a certified Gottman therapist and couples therapist. 
and we stare at each other through our phones and yeah. we chat like we're hanging out, but then we also record our voices from time to time. Yeah. 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 Well, good. I'm glad that you're coming off of a cycle. I would say that I've gone through some similar cycles this year. I call them my uninspired moments. Mm. That's what I have termed my my low points. And they last for a couple of months. And then I'm back into my inspired moments, which is where I'm at. So we're kind of meeting together in our inspired, joyful moments. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You're excited today. Um, you were telling me about your uh, your special delivery. Okay. <laughs> I think I just have to find like joy in the small things in life, but tell me this is that's not a, amazing. That's a, key to, that's a key to surviving in this world. Just the small things, yeah. right? Yep. So I have stopped. According to Dr. John Gottman anyway. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's called right, foreshadowing. That's called foreshadowing. Good. Um, I stopped buying or going to buy things like at the mall or I stopped shopping. And what I started doing is I will just find something that I like that somebody's wearing and I let them be my model. And then I'm that creepy woman that comes up. I'm like, my goodness, you look amazing. Can I touch this fabric stranger? And let me pull on it. And can I see like, what is the What size is this? And then I go and I buy it. And I've been doing this for a couple of years, but I did this at the swimming pool the other day. So you can imagine the awkwardness of me trying to pull on this woman's fabric. And I said, I love your swimsuit. Where did you get it? And then I immediately purchased it from Amazon. And now two days later, like magic, it shows up on my doorstep. But not only that, this morning I was like, oh, I think I have a delivery coming. So I logged on and it said, your delivery is 20 stops away. And I was blown away. So I went and I took a shower. Got to get my mind off of this. I can't think of this package coming. I'm so excited. I log on again. Your delivery is six stops away. And then as I was talking to you earlier, the gentleman shows up at my door, which is not an Amazon delivery person. Do they do this in Seattle? Yeah, it's just a guy in a car. Yeah, it's amazing. So he comes and he takes a picture of my doorstep and then he rings my doorbell and he delivers me my my swimsuit. And I was really excited about it. He took a picture of your doorstep? Yeah, it's like a proof. Then then it uploads and it's like, hey, we left your package on oh, your doorstep. Oh, he took a picture of your package on your doorstep. Yes, yes. Right, okay, yeah. That's anyway, I'm sorry that that took so you're in the process so of becoming single white female, you're going to show up at the pool in the same bathing suit as this other lady I'm like, not kidding. Oh, this is the hi. second year in a row. <laughs> hi. It's funny that you're here at the same time, the same day, wearing the same suit. Yeah. That's really odd. What a coincidence. <laughs> I'd be like, look, we can be best friends. Okay. Well, enough of that. Yeah. Um, what, you were just foreshadowing. Tell me, tell me what, what are we talking about well, today? Well, today's pretty cool. We, um, as you said at the top of the show, the top of the show, doesn't sound form mm -hmm. so formal. Um, <laughs> we're both uh, certified Gottman therapists, which means we have a relationship with the Gottman Institute and um, and really use the the Gottman methodology as sort of the centerpiece of our practice. And we've been talking about a lot of different things over a lot of different months at this last as we've been forming the podcast. And I just felt like it was really important for us to kind of go back to the basics um, and really... Um, get to the sort of the beginning of what it means to be uh, a healthy couple. Um, and the cool part is that the Gottman Institute has um, offered that if you listen to the entire podcast, there's a special offer for you at the very end. So um, <laughs> we're excited. This episode, for those of you who have been loyal listeners, you, we are, this episode has been brought to you by the Gottman Institute, which is yeah, pretty exciting. Real. 
For real, for not real fa- this time. Not Blue it's Apron, not, not Costco. Not ice cream, not, not Costco, not Amazon. Or avocados. This is, <laughs> this is the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the part that I really like about going back to the basics is that what we're talking about today, it is so basic and it is so fundamental to re- human relationships, um, but it is so transformational that when couples hear for the first time sort of the about these destructive patterns, because we're going to be talking about the four horsemen today. When they hear and learn about these destructive patterns that are happening in the relationship, I think that they they really are able to identify them very quickly. They recognize that they're present in the relationship. And then when we give them the secret sauce, the antidotes, they are able to replace it. And it just makes a massive change in what I would call the the pattern or that transformational, transactional pattern that they get into. So... Yeah, for me and working with clients, I feel like there's two processes that you have to acknowledge. And one is sometimes couples come in and what they what what drives them in here often is that they want their relationship to be less bad. Um, yeah. And it takes yeah. a while for them to experience or get to the part where it's 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 not so bad. Um, and then and then there's the work of being more good. Right. That's. That happens, mm-hmm. but we have to get through less bad first. And and if you uh, if you're not familiar, part of what John Gottman's research revealed was that there were four patterns in particular, four patterns of behavior that exist in relationships that when they are unchecked, when they're not um, when they're not corrected, they mm-hmm. uh, they are known to be able to predict divorce or be predictors mm-hmm. of divorce. And so we want to um, sort of outline them. He called them the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which of course is mm-hmm. a it's a biblical reference about these guys who come in and they're fiery horses with um, the design on destroying the world or signaling the end of the world. And and that's what happens in the relationship. So we're going to walk through all four and their antidotes and talk a little bit about how we use uh, these or how we've ex- seen this happen in our client hours. And then we're going to give you that special offer because once again, this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio brought to you by the Gottman Institute and the Art and Science Love Workshop. <laughs> so I want to give like a little bit of a caveat that as we're explaining these, um, it's a little bit like um, whenever I do workshops, so like the seven principles workshop that I offer, oftentimes I will start to talk about the four horsemen and you will hear, which is incredible, people in the audience start to identify every single one of these in their relationships, which cracks me up because it's kind of like being a med student and you start to learn about all of like the symptoms of the common cold and all of these obscure rare diseases and they start to find like they have all the symptoms and Mm -hmm. that's a little bit like what this is like however i don't think that it's a bad thing to begin to see any of these four horsemen in your relationship just know that now that you know that they're there you need to start removing and making it less bad as you put it so i actually think it's fair to say that probably all couples have all of these in some form at some time for Um, sure none of us are exempt from sort of natural human responses to things that cause us pain but yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to go first? You want so, me to go first? Um. Why don't you go first? Okay. I don't mind going first because I always start with, uh, no, you go first because I want to do the second one. <laughs> I know why you want to do the second one. So the first yeah, one I'm going to talk about don't is criticism. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I can't make any promises. Okay. So criticism, criticism, I would, th- I think is probably one of the most common And that you're going to see in just about every relationship. It's sort of like seeped into every relationship at some point or another. And the way that criticism comes across is one partner has a complaint. Let's say that I have a complaint. However, 
rather than complaining about the thing that I'm upset about, instead, I'm going to pinpoint something about you and I'm going to globalize the fact that I'm upset about this one thing. And now it's your problem and it's a problem with you and I've globalized it. Now it's an attack on your character. So rather than the fact that I always use this example when I teach is that, um, you know, my husband undresses before he gets into bed. And by the end of the week, there's a pile of clothes that is all piled up on the side of the bed. So rather than pinpointing the pile of clothes and saying, this is my complaint, this is my problem right here, is that you take your clothes off next to the bed and it sits here for a week. Instead, I call him a slob Mm. and I tell him, you are a slob and you're lazy and you never pick up after yourself. And you just expect that the little fairy, the little uh, clothes washing fairy is going to come flapping my wings right now. It's going to come around and pick up your clothes. <laughs> but so of course that's it is. a criticism. Yeah. I know. It's not about um, what he did. It's about who he is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the trouble with criticism is that it really is just miscommunication because we should be able to complain in our relationship a hundred percent. I should be able to tell my partner that I don't like the fact that he takes his clothes off next to the bed and leaves it for a week and then expects, or in my opinion, mm-hmm. expects for somebody else to come pick it up. I should be able to complain about it, but I need to be able to complain so that my partner is open to hearing me. And so when I come out blazing with a criticism, with a personal attack on his character, rather than complaining about the issue, he shuts down 100%, which then brings about number two. So this is my segue to you, which yeah, right is the second, yeah. the second of the four horsemen. The second of the four horsemen of the apocalypse is defensiveness. That's my radio <laughs> voice. Yep, I like um, it. <laughs> um, no, the reason I like talking about defensiveness is because I, Zach Brittle, am very defensive. Like It is a mm-hmm. thing that I know a lot about. Um, I experience it uh, from the, I have experienced it from the beginning of time. My wife has been training me out of it for almost 21 years. God um, bless her. I know. But if what I, a woman. If we walked outside right now and you said, it's hot, I would be like, well, it's not that hot. I mean, my brain immediately refuses to acknowledge whatever you said and wants to refute or rebut it. Um, and I think that's what defensive people do. They don't hear what you're saying about you. They only hear what you're saying about them. So mm-hmm. um, I like to say defensive people take an inappropriate amount of responsibility. And there's really only two ways that you can do that is one that you take no responsibility at all. I know you are, okay. but what am I, right? Like, I'm not a slob. You're the slob. Or mm-hmm. I, I, I work so hard. Why, do you, why are you yelling at me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other one is that they take all the responsibility, 100%. They go, you're right. It's my fault. I'm the worst. I can't, you can't count on me for anything. I guess I'm just, I don't know why you married me, you know? And it's a very, it's a very toxic pattern. And um, yeah. And it's and I think criticism and defensiveness they like to dance with each other quite a bit because um, totally when when you feel you're being attacked even if you aren't then your natural inclination is to is to either counterattack or to just shrivel up and kind of die and neither one is is what is in service of the relationship so I think that um, you know if, if if one of the ways that you can temper criticism is by by complaining in a valid way. One of the ways that you can temper defensiveness is by saying, you know what, I probably do have some responsibility here. Um, Mm -hmm. I can accept that at least a part of this issue belongs to me. Um, And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person um, or that I that I need to go to jail or be shamed. It just means that um, I hear what you're saying and I'm willing to consider that you're willing to consider that it might be hot. 
you might think it's yeah. pretty hot, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> you know, I was, um, one of my favorite ways of looking at this is that when you have a complaint or you have a criticism and, and this cycle of like criticism and defensiveness, really what's happening is that there's this complaint or this, there's this problem and you're trying to solve whatever that problem is. And between criticism and defensiveness, you're just sort of batting this problem back and forth at like, or no, you know what? It's like tossing a hot potato. It's mm. like, I don't want it. You take it. I don't want it. You take it. But instead, sort of the antidote, is, especially with defensiveness, is sort of looking at that hot potato and saying, why don't we just both carry this? Why don't we both take on this burden and share the responsibility? And this is a problem that both of us can help be a part of the solution. And I like that a whole lot better than feeling like it's your problem or it's 100% of your problem. Well, I hadn't thought of this metaphor before, but I like in your example, it, it would almost be like instead of passing the hot potato back and forth uh in a way that neither one of you wanted to touch or be a part of, you just sort of turn and put it on the counter and then look at it and be like, okay, dang, that potato is mm. pretty hot. How are we going to cut it and eat it? <laughs> maybe we should just like <laughs> let it cool off yeah, for a second maybe we and then we'll deal with for it. for one second. Um, okay. Uh, I like that. I like number that. Three. Um, number three, I'm going to jump to contempt oh, because that cheating. one's... <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll do, I'll do stonewalling because I know you like contempt so much. Um, so I'm rolling my eyes is, at you right now. I'm like, like regressively rolling my eyes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's very contemptuous <laughs> of you. That's also foreshadowing. Yeah. So stonewalling, if I could take responsibility of having one of these four horsemen as being the one that I own, I was an expert stonewaller for, I would say like the first six or seven years of my relationship with my husband. And he too has trained me out of it. And I can't even tell you the last time that I stonewalled. Um, I find myself, I kind of fall into it a little bit, but the way that stonewalling looks is like you, ha you're having a conversation with your partner and rather than getting any sort of like verbal confirmation from your partner or any sort of nonverbal cues that your partner's engaged in the conversation, um, they shut down. They're still physically present in front of you, but all of their verbal and nonverbal cues are telling you that they're disinterested in what you have to say. Um, it's almost like a refusal to cooperate or communicate mm. with you in some way. And there's a variety of reasons why they might be doing that. I know that personally, my reason was that I felt like I was um, like hijacking the conversation. If mm. I wasn't going to respond, then I had all of the control. Mm. Um, another reason why that might be happening is feeling like the the listener, the one who's shutting down, might feel like if they say anything, it's just going to escalate the matters further. Yeah. Um. Another reason is that you really physically can't even communicate, that you're so escalated, you're so worked up from the conversation, or just imagine being in a really t a difficult conversation that you're, you're really just kind of checking out, you're self-soothing. It's sort of like an, a way to bring it all inside and just check out a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, so, yeah, I call it leaving the room without leaving the room. You're still there, but you're totally just not participating. And it's actually it can actually be kind of violent. Um, mm. the, the sort of, the, what they call it, the violence of silence when you just sort of, like you said, sort of seize control of the conversation by not participating yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. so it's, if you have ever been the one on the other side of it, the, the recipient, the one that's receiving the stonewalling, 
it is incredibly aggravating. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes the person who's on the other side of it will try anything that they can to break through. They will yell, they'll scream, they can throw objects. I mean, it really, silence is very, very powerful. And it's actually quite a scary thing to be on the other side of. So Mm -hmm. stonewalling is, is a really difficult thing to get into. And oftentimes you don't feel like it has that much power, but indeed it does. I mean, it's one of the four horsemen for a reason. Right on. Yeah. So let me just for a second talk about the antidote because we're yes. kind of going through and, and explaining what these are, but it wouldn't be helpful once you identify it if you don't know how to remove it. And I would say that oftentimes what happens is that if you were to take a pulse, like a, take a, the heart rate of the person who's stonewalling, what is often indicated through research is that the heart rate is escalated up and over 100 beats per minute, which tells us that your body has gone into a fight or flight mode. And that really what needs to happen is, yes, you do need to calm down. However, you need to verbalize that to your partner and really take a break, take like a long 20, 25 minute break and and soothe yourself, calm yourself down rather than just sort of leaving the conversation. I think it's good for you to leave the conversation completely and tell your partner, I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that as a way to not stonewall your partner, but to actually leave the conversation physically yeah. and allow yourself to take a, a soothing break and then come back to the conversation. Well, to, to leave it physically and respectfully, right? To say, I Absolutely. need I need to not be a part of this conversation right now. It's not going to go anywhere good. You know, there's right. this whole notion of like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I'm kind of like, yeah, let it go down. Go, totally. go to bed. Have a uh, nice nap. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, 20 minutes, and I think the prescription is at least 20 minutes, not more than 24 hours um, in terms right. of like really just setting the expectation for what's appropriate in terms of withdrawing from the conversation. Um, yeah. So. And this is a tough one because oftentimes people will say, but, but I'm not okay with leaving the conversation. My partner would always leave the conversation. But the rule of thumb is that there's enough respect for your partner that you're going to come back to it and that you always set a time to come back to it. So it's like, let's take a 25 minute break. Let's set an alarm and then let's come back to it. And oftentimes by the time you come back, you don't even remember what you were uh, upset about in the first place. Yeah. Provided but, you don't spend those 25 minutes mulling over what you're going to say when the timer goes off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It has to be truly psychologically soothing for you. Okay. You've got the fourth. Four yeah. So horsemen. the last one is contempt and it's widely understood to be sort of the most toxic. Um, I actually also think it's the most fun to work on. Um, because it it actually helps you be working on it helps you sort of become the person that I think we all want to be anyway. But contempt is basically I used to think contempt was I hate you, but contempt is I'm better than you. Somehow I see myself as superior to you or that you are smaller or less than um, shows up a lot with like sarcasm or um, eye rolling, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of mm-hmm. this sense of like, I can't believe I have to deal with this baloney. Um, yeah. Mo- mocking. Yeah. And, um, and it really is, it's kind of, it's kind of in the, um, in the DNA of the relationship. And I think when people recognize that and they understand that, yeah, gosh, I really have taken on this mentality that I'm better than, and they understand that Mm -hmm. that's not in service of this thing called love, then the the opportunity to work on it is actually pretty cool. I think, um, if, if contempt is looking down at your partner, then I, then the antidote is, looking up to them. I mean, actively looking for ways to praise and be grateful for and celebrate and honor and admire um, who they are. And people go, I don't, that's not who I am. I don't want 
I don't want to do that. It feels forced. <laughs> and I go, yeah. yeah, but you know, if nobody says that about learning the guitar, right? They're playing the guitar and they're putting their hands in all these contorted shapes and then they go, oh, this mm. feels, they don't go, this feels forced. I mean, it's uncomfortable, but they sure. at least know what they're ch chasing, which is I want to be able to play music. And if the music is, mm -hmm. again, love, then yeah, you're going to have to learn how to say thank you when you when maybe you're not thankful and you're going to have to learn how to compliment when maybe you're not ready and you're going to have to learn how to mm -hmm. look for things that your partner does right and and call those out versus the the things that bug you. Yeah. Lately yeah. I've been hearing a lot this idea that um the thing that I loved about them at the beginning is the thing that drives me crazy now. <laughs> do you hear that ever? I've <clears throat> I do hear it and I've never ever understood it because yeah. the things that drove me crazy about my husband they still drive me crazy and the things that I loved about him I still love. So I don't quite understand it. Maybe give me 10 more years in this marriage and yeah, right I'll get there. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um you know the fact that uh, that really really just blows my mind is when there is contempt in the relationship the person who's the recipient of the contempt is more likely in the next four years to, uh, what is it, to receive Succumb a communicable disease? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So basically your immune system functioning takes a nosedive That's because you are the recipient of, of this contempt. And that part to me is, is absolutely, I mean, it really just shows the connection between mind, body, soul, mm -hmm. um, and how important healthy relationships really are. So, I mean, if you, if all else... And you want to build your relationship ship up for your physical health because you're taking too many sick days, then go for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the thing that the the key takeaway I think for for people who who find themselves in this or who recognize these behaviors in their relationship is that you have to just get really honest about the cost on the relationship. And I think the other thing that you have to do is is say in the example of Rebecca and I and my defensiveness, we've learned over time to to partner against it together as though there's actually a horseman in our house that we need to get out of the house. Like we've, we've got mm -hmm. little strategies that just kind of help diffuse some of that. She's learned to ignore some of it. I've learned to take more responsibility. It, it has been an intentional effort. And I think that has to be true with criticism, with stonewalling, with contempt. It's not, it's not unlike the hot potato that you just sort of put down and look at for a second and figure out what are we going to do with this so that we can enjoy our relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think my my takeaway is that if you were going through this episode in the last 20 minutes or so, and you're listening to us talk about the four horsemen, and you're thinking about your partner and everything that your partner does in this relationship, I'm oh, my partner's sensitiveness, and my partner has rolled his eyes at me. And um, I want you to literally just go back and I want you to listen to the whole episode over again. And I only want you to focus on yourself. Um, that's the best place to start is yeah, to really just idea. point your point your finger at yourself and and then you can you know invite your partner to listen to this and just say hey I thought this was a great episode I wanted you to listen to this I have found out that of my four horsemen I am a master criticizer and I would like to understand what you think you're good at in one of my first episodes with clients episodes one of my first uh, sessions with clients. I asked for them to tell on themselves. I said, I want you to tell on yourself and I want for you to think about the four horsemen and just tell me what I'm dealing with here. I want you mm. to tell on yourself like you're at the principal's office and just say, smart. Laura, you're let smart. me tell you, I am a master defensive, uh, def defensiveness. I am master at, masterful at defensiveness. So I'm really yeah. good at being defensive. Yeah. Really? Thank you. 
Yeah. English, not my strongest language. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm really excited. We have some really fun episodes coming up. We've had a lot of people that have been emailing us and asking for us to um, share some insight in different areas. So I wanted to tell you what we have coming up in the next couple of months. Um, one episode you're really excited about is talking about premarital. Yep. A lot of people right now are getting married, and yep. a, I would I would say that it is the parents of the premaritals where they're sort of staring at their children and going, "Oh, you're not ready." <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's talk about premarital. So we're going to be talking about that. One thing that has me really interested, um, and we had a couple of people over the last several years uh, email and ask about is our views and opinions and research on masturbation and pornography. So we're going to be tackling that as well. Um, you wanted to talk about infidelity and that's a big can of worms that we're going to tap into. And then, um, I thought just for fun, we would share some really awesome success stories that we've come across in our years of practice and talk about how those couples were able to make it through hard times. So we're pretty excited about that. So stay tuned also to receive the, uh, promo code for the art and science of love that's coming up. And yeah, and if you like what you heard today, then uh, go back and listen to some other stuff. Um, we have a lot of really cool episodes that we're really proud of and would love to hear what you think. Uh, and if you have topics that you want us to tackle or if you want to hear more about uh, the work that's coming out of the Gottman Institute, you can you can uh, get them to sponsor more episodes. Um, <laughs> you know, flood them. Twitter, have like a Twitter flood or something. What do they call those things? Mm -hmm. Campaign. I, a, a Twitter campaign? I don't know. You're um, not even on Twitter. I, I'm on Twitter. I just don't tweet ever. Okay. Right on. Right, fair enough. Okay. Okay. Good talking to you. You too. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Today's episode was sponsored by the Gottman Institute. For over 20 years, the Gottman Institute has been training marriage therapists just like Zach and myself and supporting married couples directly with their science-backed advice. Their most popular workshop for couples is called The Art and Science of Love, and it's offered five times a year in Seattle, Washington. And we are so excited because they just added a sixth workshop this September, and you can save 15% off that workshop with this code. Are you ready? The promo code is MTR for Marriage Therapy Radio. That's to save 15% off the September workshop of The Art and Science of Love. So if you head over to Gottman.com, it's G-O-T-T-M-A-N.com. You can learn more about the workshop. Um, and just in case you missed it, it's M-T-R. And that'll help you save 15% off when you register for the Art and Science of Love workshop. Now, as always, if this is your first time listening to this episode, go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. And if you are a loyal listener, we would love it if you can become a patron of Marriage Therapy Radio. It helps us to keep the lights on and keep popular episodes pumping out on a regular basis. So if you go to marriagetherapyradio.com, there is a link that you can click on, and it's the Patreon page so that you can become a patron. Um, I myself am a patron of my own podcast, which means that I sponsor the podcast for $5 a month every month. And if you could sponsor $5, $10, $15, $20, if we are adding value, we would love for you to become a patron of Marriage Therapy Radio. You can find us by going to marriagetherapyradio.com. Thanks so much for listening. But as always, thank you so much for the time and attention that you are putting toward making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.